So like plot thickens, I now have my Saga phone. I got it delivered a day ahead of schedule, according to my tracking, which this thing is amazing. Like it's a test unit. So like caveat it there, but it's really pretty though, right? It is. And this is, you know, we, we cuss a lot, but this is a fucking gorgeous phone. When I saw the green buttons, I love I them. felt some things that I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that just the button color was going to do that to me. Read into that however you want. It's obviously like Solana green. I don't know if that's what foundation and labs call it, but that's what I'm going to call it. Solana green as opposed to Solana purple. But it's like the perfect pop of color on the black phone because it's like it's the, dope. the the screen is very large. The back of it is like this uh, kind of matte stainless steel, like a space gray color. I feel like I need to go get mine from my room. You're like over here describing it. And I'm like, I should just be holding it right now. I'm just, I'm just over here holding it. I have not put my SIM card into it. So I was, I set up the entire device. I recorded my process of doing that for posterity and the potential of actually creating like an unboxing video. I want to edit it into a usable video to upload and share, Mm -hmm. but I don't have any time in my life right now, so I might not actually do that for a bit. Never mind the last hour uh, that we just wasted. Yeah, But well. Now you have less time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now I have even less time. So I, I recorded the entire thing, including I got like some really pretty photos and I shared one of them on, on Twitter and I got retweeted by Solana Mobile and by Tolly, which was cool. Did you get a little follower bump from that? A little bit from that. Yeah. I'm almost at a thousand followers on Twitter, a thousand Twitter friends. Nice. Now, I'm like a real boy. As I was recording the videos, I had Twitter up on my screen because I got to the portion of installing the Android update, which took like a really long time. So I was like sitting there, like my video camera was recording and I'm just like scrolling through Twitter and totally retweeted a different tweet of mine. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, my life is complete right now. You got multiple retweets in a... In in the same day. That's nuts. You're like a big deal. Wow. I know. Who, you're going to, you're going to outgrow, you're going to outgrow <laughs> this podcast, Nick. You're going to leave me in Never the dust. So what have you got a chance to do on your Saga phone yet? Just basic setup stuff, if I'm being honest. My goal was to delve into some of the dev stuff before we recorded this podcast today, mostly because I knew you were going to give me shit about it, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'm probably saving that for this weekend, set aside like an hour or two on Saturday to toy around with making some widgets or something. Josh Taylor, like head of design or whatever at Solana, sent over, sent me like a bunch of ideas when I tweeted asking what I should build. He's like, oh, we have like a whole list of things that we've designed out that we want people to build. So he just like gave me this this massive list. So I'm probably just gonna like pick it random from there and start building something super simple and then see where it takes me. Yeah, that's cool. So I, there was a Twitter spaces um, yesterday. Ironically, like I had my phone like fully boxed sitting in front of me, like I'm going to open this. And I was like, ooh, Solana Mobile's doing a Twitter space. Like, all right, fine, I'll <laughs> listen to that before I do nice. this. So I listened to that, and that was one of the things that they mentioned during the, the Twitter spaces, which I'll link the recording in the show notes. But the team mentioned that they had a list of random projects that they would like people to 
Like if someone needs an idea, they've got ideas. So if you're a developer and you want to build a random or potentially random Solana Mobile app, then just get into the Solana Mobile Discord and ask around for it and they've got ideas. Yeah, and like Josh sent me designs and stuff too, like high def stuff in Figma. Oh, really? Yeah, Jeez. which was sick. Like, obviously you don't have to stick to that, but it's super nice starting point. I don't know any dev that likes doing the design from a blank canvas. I shouldn't say any, I don't know anyone. I, I know some devs who are both, they either like are a designer and used to be a dev or vice versa, you know, so they're like really into it. But for me, it's like, I love having at least a wireframe to go off of. It just helps get in the flow rather than feeling like I'm blocked by the simple visual stuff. But that's just me. Design is so hard to come by. Not only like app design, but hardware design. Like yeah. I just cannot get over how beautiful of a phone this is and how well designed it is. So I'm, so here's an example. The green buttons for one thing, like just the, the perfect pop of color, like it's beautiful. So I'm right-handed and this phone is clearly designed for someone who is right-handed. So anyone who's listening to this, if you picture holding a phone or if you can hold a phone right now, hold your phone in your right hand like you would normally use it. Perfectly where my index finger sits is exactly where the fingerprint reader on the back is. Perfectly where my thumb sits towards the top of my thumb so you're not just like resting on it is the power button. So like the screen on off button where you're more than likely balancing your phone in your right hand, you're balancing it on your pinky, exactly where your pinky is setting, you would expect there to be a speaker there. There's not a speaker, I think. It looks like there's only one speaker in the device. It's on the right side at the bottom, which I was surprised about, so it doesn't sound as loud as I would expect a phone. And definitely doesn't sound as loud as my current phone, which is like a Pixel 4 something. But if you're holding your phone there, where your pinky is sitting is more than likely you're going to be blocking that speaker anyway. So your sound is going to get all muffled and distorted because you're blocking it. So it doesn't quite sound right anyway. Like I did the exact same like test with my actual phone and it sounds like basically the same if you're holding it in this way, which I thought was very interesting and a very clearly a very determined design. Have you heard them talk at all about the design process for it? Is this designed from scratch or did they take some kind of existing casing and then design around that. So don't quote me on this, but I vaguely remember hearing on the Solana podcast a while back, Anatoly was doing an episode with the, I can't remember the individual's name, the, the founder of the hardware company. It's like a hardware designer. They, I guess yeah. they, I think they worked together in the past or something. They had a, an episode about it where they talked about everything that goes into designing hardware and like kind of their thoughts about designing a phone. I'll see if I can find it and I'll link it in the show notes. But also if you're not subscribed, like if you're listening to this podcast and you don't listen to the Solana podcast, like you're wrong. So like fix yourself, especially <laughs> since they've relaunched it and Austin Federa is doing a whole bunch of new interviews, which is dope. I feel so attacked right now. I just don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, but you're not listening to this podcast, so it's different. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I You know, you have like an out. I got a pass. I guess. <laughs> also, fix yourself too. Anyway, but yeah, this is a beautiful phone. So I, when I went through and set it up, I started playing around with the different specs and trying to figure out what was pre-installed on it 
if there was anything. And it's like stock Android. It comes with the Google apps that you would expect. You get Chrome, Gmail, the App Store, everything like that. No calculator, which I was surprised about. Thought that was weird. There's no calculator? Yeah, there's no calculator. I mean, this it's the test unit, so like maybe they were like, we don't care about that right now. I just assumed that would have come with like stock Android. It's not there. And then, so if you go to the settings, you can, at the top of the settings, there's a seed vault option. And that's where you can access the different information for your seed vault. I did not know this. I haven't done a whole lot of research into the specs or anything behind the saga. So if you've used a hardware wallet before, because like the whole idea of the seed vault is your phone can become your hardware wallet. Makes sense. So if you used a hardware wallet like a ledger, you get one mnemonic. You put your mnemonic in when you set up the device. You can't change it. That's it. Oh, shit. Like, I can't change it? Oh, no. With the saga, you can. You can have multiple mnemonics in your seed vault. I don't know how many, but you can add multiple mnemonics or seed phrases, whatever you want to call them. You can add multiple. I don't know how many, but you can have multiple. You can remove the one you have. You can individually set and revoke access between the different apps. So like right now, I have the SoulFlare app on my Saga. I have granted access to SoulFlare to be able to make it so I can sign transactions with that particular wallet. But you can have multiple, which is really cool. You set a password just like you would if you were using a browser-based wallet or I guess a mobile-based wallet too. And one of the things that did surprise me is that you can access your seed phrase. You can just read your seed phrase from within the seed vault. I don't know how I feel about that. You have to enter a password to get in there in the first yes, place, right? you do have to enter your password, but you can look at your seed phrase if you have your seed vault's password. But that's the same with, like, all wallets. You can, can go you? into settings. That's how I got my wallet on there in the first place. Oh, I just set up a new one. I didn't transfer. I didn't know you could do that, really. I maybe shouldn't even say this because it might, like, don't follow my example, but I don't even have my seed phrase written down anywhere. I just, I, just, I, just, I just have it in my computer and on my phone. You upload it to Apple Cloud like a monster? No, I just mean it's in the wallet. I have my mobile and my computer set up with the same seed phrase. But that defeats the purpose of having a hardware wallet. Yeah, that's no, that's true if you're talking about Saga. But it's like this, I'm talking about my like phantom wallet, my backpack yeah. wallet, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I didn't know you could just read your seed phrase from your wallet. I just assumed it was there. Like, I've seen the setting where you can get your private key back out. But, like, whatever. You yeah, know. you can you can reveal your seed phrase. It's all there. Maybe we should cut out this part of me talking about it. Maybe there's an OPSEC problem with me even, like, talking about how I have things set up. Generally speaking, for, like, hot wallets and, like, other software wallets, yeah, feel it feels like not that... Um, it's like I don't need it written down because I have it in multiple places already. That's interesting though, right? Because it's like, can Saga replace your hardware wallet then? Because isn't part of what's great about a hardware wallet is that it's so locked down? I think it's twofold. So with a hardware wallet, because I, I personally have a ledger. Do you have a hardware wallet? No. Well, oof. Okay. Well, I personally do have a ledger. I can't stress how little I actually have invested in crypto, like financially, right? I don't know. Maybe it just comes from like the nature of my background and 
physical security and things like I'm literally trained in these types of things. So I just like, yeah, I don't know. I use wallets to interact with dApps, right? I'm not using it for trading stuff. I'd like to, I mentioned this on a previous episode, but like I want to get more into trading. And so I should get a hardware wallet and start doing that and having like assets um, that are more secured. But for now, I just don't have a ton of capital tied up in anything that... that I mean, I mean, that's fair. Well, so the point I was trying to make is, so when you have your hardware wallet, it's twofold. Like, yes, with a, I guess I will call them a traditional hardware wallet, like a ledger or any other ones that exist. I actually have no idea what other ledger, hardware Ledger, Trezor, do. that kind of stuff. I thought Trezor? I've never heard of it. Um, anyway, I, so the whole purpose is a, you can't, I guess like in, inherently you can't re-access your seed phrase once you type it in. So like, that's one aspect of security. The other aspect is the wallet itself. The hardware device itself is using the secure element on the device to actually sign for your transactions. So your, your mnemonic or your private is key never, is never loaded in the memory. It never gets loaded into memory because the device signs the transaction on the device itself. And that's exactly how the saga works. It has the seed vault. So it's a secure element that stores your mnemonic. Effectively, it's the exact same as a ledger hardware wallet. Effectively, like obviously there's nuances and differences, but like the base idea is it's the same where it's a secure element. Nothing can access it except for how they sign the transactions or whatever. And I did hear a conversation with someone from the Saga team. I don't remember who. Now I'm trying to remember. I can't remember who, but there was a there's a wonderful video chat with Jacob Creech. I think Joe was there too. And then uh, one of the individuals from the Solana mobile team, they were talking about why the Saga is how it is and like how it works under the hood kind of. And they were basically describing that the secure element, like when you go to sign a transaction, the secure element basically runs like a, a slim down version of Android. And it like overlays on top of your screen while you're signing a transaction. And like then it's it can take that signed transaction, send it back to your regular Android, and then the dApp can handle it, whatever it's trying to do with the transaction. So mm-hmm. I was just like... That's just gnarly. You know, it's interesting. Part of how Apple's secure enclave works feels similar to that. It's exactly the same, effectively. Yeah, so Apple's secure enclave is a separate chip that is hardware encrypted, meaning that like if you pulled the data off of it somehow, you couldn't actually decrypt that somewhere else. Yep. It can only be decrypted on that device. And that's the exact same idea behind the seed vault with the Saga phone. Which is dope, right? It's taking how the security of an iPhone and its secret key store, but then adding in a mechanism for signing signing without actually removing something from the secure enclave. Because what happens right now in like an iPhone, for example, is if I'm storing secrets in the secure enclave, I still do have to retrieve it from the secure enclave to actually do any sort of, do anything with it, whether that's like, hey, I stored a password in there that I need to like send to a server or whatever. It's like, I got to pull it into memory and then send it over HTTPS to the server. Whereas what we're basically saying here is that your private key never leaves the equivalent of the secure enclave. I don't know what it's called, secure element, whatever, which is super awesome. I would love to see Apple do something similar 
where they basically provide another hardware element to their secure enclave that basically will take input. And then the output that comes out from that is the input, but signed by the private key. So that the private key actually never leaves. And that, that idea is one of the big, from my understanding, the big goals of the Solana mobile stack as a whole is like, the goal is not to mass produce phones and become, you know, number one phone manufacturer. Not really like sure. Sell some phones, recoup the cost, but it's, it's proving that this technology can work and getting large manufacturers like Apple, like Samsung and all, all the big names that you would think of to encourage them to add these secure elements and have this type of technology baked into the device. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a big step. I think for Apple to take just from a security perspective as it relates to crypto. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Although I will say it actually sounds very similar to what they released last WWDC with basically passwordless login. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but basically they're trying to roll out a new standard for authentication that involves certificates, right? So it's like your device basically has its certificate with a private key and it does this public key exchange with whatever website or whatever that you're authenticating with. I think there's probably some similarities there, which is really cool. So, so I actually do see them doing some similar stuff, but not explicitly for crypto. I wonder if there's any way to leverage the two. They probably don't use the same, they probably don't use the same types of uh, encryption for that to, for you to be able to leverage it. Apple's notorious for like locking down APIs. So you can probably only use it for one specific thing. I actually haven't messed around with it, but, um, but I don't know. We'll see. It'd be cool to see something like that in the future. I told you this last week, I am more and more opening up to the idea that like Saga could sell a bunch. It's a pretty phone. It's super sleek. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's expensive. So it's like, I want it to, it should be a fucking great phone because thousand dollars not is not cheap cell phones are expensive so here's a data point for you because i looked this up today so this phone the saga phone this is a test unit it may or may not come with these exact specs i don't know what the production units are going to have but this test unit has 12 gigs of ram has a 512 gig hard drive on it for like onboard memory and it costs a thousand dollars it has a very premium feel to it it has a fingerprint reader it's going to have a high quality camera, I assume, to my knowledge, the final camera specs have not been decided or they're still in the works or whatever. And it has, you know, the seed vault, which is like a new thing. Like, how do you put a price on that kind of thing? If you look at an iPhone equivalent, current iPhone model for 512 gigs of onboard memory, starting price is $1,300 US. You got to look at the Android equivalent though. You got to compare apples to apples. Let's find out right now. So after some quick Googling, the only actual search engine that I use, I found some listings on both Amazon and Best Buy for a couple of different Android phones. And I think with like the vibe and the feel of this phone, it's like pretty comparable to a Pixel, the Google's flagship phone. And it's the Google Pixel, depending on the exact version you get and where you get it, it's about a thousand to $1,300 US. Okay. to order it right now. And those are unlocked, which usually you pay more to get a phone unlocked, which I'm assuming the Saga will come unlocked. 
there's other some other Samsung phones. I don't really know much about the Samsung phones, but they vary in price between like five hundred to thirteen hundred dollars. The only metric that I was going based off of is is price, Android, and five twelve gigs of onboard memory of of uh, internal storage. I didn't look at any of the specs or anything. So like, the you know the specs could vary, but it's definitely a premium phone. I get that a thousand dollars still a lot for a phone, but. But it's but it's within range, is what you're saying. It's it's within the range of what people expect to pay for a phone. Now, I think what gets people is most people, at least within the U.S. I'm within the U.S., so the information that I have is kind of biased towards that. So for the international individuals outside of the U.S., I apologize because I don't know how it is there. But for most people that go and buy a phone at a store by from a carrier like Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, or whatever, few people are actually buying a phone outright. They're getting it on some sort of payment plan because they are expensive. People do it with iPhones all the time. They get on a payment yep. plan with their carrier. They pay $50, $100 a month on top of just for the phone itself. And then you pay for your whatever your phone carrier uh, data plan is. People do that all the time. That's one of the things that makes the Saga seem more expensive. Because, yes, it's a premium phone with premium specs. But currently, there is no option to have it subsidized by one of the large carriers currently to my knowledge dude we should fix that we could write a solana program to help with paying for sagas by using on-chain collateral give people payment plans i mean yeah you could do that the hard thing to do with that is Just how do you very collect? specific how do you collect what so like you you set up a payment plan for someone what happens if they they get the phone and they're like, oh, I've made yeah, one payment they got a to... they got to deposit collateral, right? But it would be yeah. like, hey, you keep your oh, soul. Oh, so like you you deposit your NFT worth X amount of soul. The easiest way to do it would be like, we accept these five tokens that we have high confidence in, right? As as That'd collateral, and if you miss payments, we just like liquidate and take your tokens, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean that's a really interesting idea. Just like any other lending platform, but like specific to ordering someone a saga <laughs> that'd be interesting you know what that would be great for what the grizzly thon hackathon dun dun that was a terrible transition but i mean um, that was, i thought it was a pretty good transition you know what don't judge me oh no i missed it I, that was it was a terrible understanding for me you're saying doing that at for the hackathon yes was what you're saying no that was a great transition i just fucked it God. up God, um, you just ruined it you're why we can't have nice things <laughs> I'm absolutely why we can't have nice things. First of all, what a name. Grizzlython? That's a legendary name. Solana's going so strong this year. Like, we're recording on February 2nd. It's been one month. Yeah, Sandstorm. What wasn't, like, officially Solana, it was basically Mert. It was a community hackathon. It was it was freaking dope. But still, Sandstorm as a hackathon name, followed by Grizzlython, we're crushing it. There was a like a trailer video for it. The Solana Twitter account posted it. I'll link it in the show notes. Did I miss the video? It's pretty cool. It's like a hype session. I like it. We just finished the Sandstorm Hackathon. Submissions, I think, are due tomorrow. Or the final voting on submissions is tomorrow. So like we don't know who the grand prize winners are going to be yet. But you can already register. Not even just register. Like It starts today. The day we're recording. February 2nd. By the time this is airing, 
It's open. It's more than a month. I think it's a month and a half. Oh yeah, March 14th. So it's a month and some change, month and a half-ish of a brand new hackathon. It's a Solana Foundation sanctioned hackathon, much like the Solana Summer Camp. So get this, grand champion prize, 50,000 USDC. Climate award, 5,000 USDC. I don't know exactly what is needed to be like in that track, but $20,000 USDC university award, and then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tracks, seven separate tracks, each of which has prizes for first through fifth place. So 30,000 first place prize, 25,000 second place, 20,000 third place, 15,000 fourth place, and 10,000 fifth place in mobile, DeFi, payments, consumer, tools and infra, gaming, DAOs and network states. So whatever your idea is, whatever you want to build, there's a track for it. And there is good money to be had. Not only is there good money to be had, but the thing that I think is the coolest is that, A, you're going to be judged by all these well-renowned people, not only in crypto, but in like tech in general, which is super cool. There's the list of the current public judges, which there's a lot of people you would expect to be on there. Tolly's on there. Armani's on there. You know, the usual suspects. But then there's other really cool people like Balaji, who former CTO of Coinbase. And if you're listening to this and you don't know who that is, you need to look him up. He's super cool. Everyone knows who that is, right? Yeah. That's a... I mean, if you're in crypto and you don't, then you need to. Get out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we love you. Just But then I, who that what is. I like about the Hackathon's website is there's definitely like an aesthetic to it. I think it's really cool. And they it's list dope. out all the judges and there's a bunch of blank spaces in the list of judges to like you know, add some anonymity to those people who are not oh, yet that public the, that of who's going to be. I think that's what it is. So okay. like, we'll find out more. So it's not just a cool All these aesthetic. other people that are also going to be judges. Okay. Okay. It is a pretty dope site. You should check it out. We'll link to it. Absolutely. Um, are you going to build, build anything? anything for this hackathon? Oh shit. We ah. just asked the same thing at the same time. <laughs> it's almost like great minds think alike. Look, I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't have plans. I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking at this mobile track and I'm like, I'm a mobile developer. I should probably do something for this mobile track. So we shall see. That'd be cool. I would love to try to build something for the hackathon. I don't currently have the bandwidth for it. <laughs> I am far too busy right now. I have a lot of things going on. Announcements coming soon. So ominous. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Hackathons are freaking awesome. I don't what is like the what is the most hackathons you think the Solana ecosystem could have in a year while the hackathon's still being like productive? That's a really good question. If you think about it, so right now it's like we said, February second. We've already had one hackathon. We're starting another hackathon. And those are just the big scale ones. Those don't even include the individual hacker houses that are going on this year. Which, like, realistically, if you think about it, like, every single hacker house is a hackathon. There might not be prize money, prize awards for the participants in those hackathons, in those hacker houses. But those are basically hackathons, right? For sure. And I think, if I remember correctly from the Breakpoint announcement, Foundation is sponsoring something like 10 official hacker houses around the world this year. And that doesn't even include all of the local ones that are put on by other organizations like Mountain Dow, 
and in organizations Mountain like Dow that. going on right now. Are you coming out? Yeah. You change your mind? I, you come out? I am not. I would love to, but I cannot yet. What Soon. If, Soon, TM. What if we just make you come out? What if it's forced? I mean, that sounds illegal. And? And much like the disclaimer on the Grizzly Thon Hackathon, don't break the laws of your jurisdiction. Does it say that? Of course it does. Um, yeah, there was an email that came out to people that were on whatever email list, because I guess I'm on an email list. Shoot, man. Well, I'm stoked. I'm excited. I'm going to have to put some thought into whether or not I and my team can do anything for this hackathon. There's just lots of things going on in my world right now. So we shall see. But I'd really love, I'd really love to build out some of the stuff we were talking about last time with basically like a new way to incorporate app-specific wallets. I'm going to interrupt you right there. Part of the Solana spaces that I was talking about that the Solana mobile team put on, one of the Solana mobile team members were talking about something to that effect towards the end of it. Oh, yeah? Listen to it. And listeners should also listen to it. It was phenomenal. No shame. Shout out to me. I spoke twice, both at the beginning and towards the end. Nice. (laughs) Look at you. Look at you. All right, James, man. Uh, I think yeah. before we wrap before it, we wrap, I would like the what? record to state, I did get a backpack invite, and I do need to play with backpack. Yes. So You already said you were keeping a list of notes, right? Yeah, I'm going through, and, and as I try to interact with it. And- I think I'm going to make it my goal to just get you flooded with like requests be to be way? an early tester. Why well, you because be you're way? good at it. I I do like early testing things. If you're listening right now, and you're like, I need some early user feedback. Nick is just like, he's great for that. He, everything I've seen him touch, he immediately has a list of like 15 things that he would <laughs> tweak about it. And they're like really productive things too. Not just like dumb, I'm going to make a list. Like, like this all of them are really work. well, Fix it. yeah, like, re- like really well thought out commentary. So if you're out there, invite Nick to beta test your app for no pay and let's just get him inundated with these requests. You know, why you got to be that way, James? I will say, I do like You're going to love it. it. You're going to say, you're going to love it. <laughs> if anyone actually wants like help, my personal time permitting, I will give it a shot. Usually when I find something, I will also make a recommendation. Like I don't come with problems without recommendations on how to fix it. So I will make a recommendation as well of like, this thing was weird. It could even be something as simple as like, hey, you have a copy issue on your page. Like this text doesn't make any sense for what's happening. Like I'll be like, recommend changing it to this or something like if you want that kind of feedback, I am willing to entertain it. If if whatever you're requesting the feedback on is cool is enough, worth it. if it's worth it, I've been I'm on the willing, receiving end I'm of this. Willing. By the way, like I've not just observed it; I've also been on the side of requesting feedback from him. He submitted a couple pull requests to Soldev to help me out with making some of the rendering of Markdown better, and like just knocked it out of the park. It was amazing. He's not bullshitting you. He's great at this. Oh, but shucks. your project better be good if you're going to waste this time. <laughs> all right. You know, that... it's a community thing. The community's got to stick together. Like, we can all help each other. We're all just good vibes here on Solana. Totally. Nick's such a better guy than I am. Well, on that note, let's wrap it. That's it, folks. See you next week. Bye. Peace. Peace.